Hello everyone, welcome back to the left page. I am Frank, your always online historian, academic, and writer. And I am joined, as always, by my good friend and social scientist, Leon. Hello, Leon. Hey everyone, it's nice to be back on the left page. <laughs> You're always on the left page, uh, which yeah. is something I really much appreciate and enjoy. Um, and it's an episode so just so for much. two of us, uh, which feels odd yes. after a lot of other stuff. Just the two of us. Yeah, no, definitely. It's um, it's it, especially because I missed you in the last recording. True. <laughs> which has gone up for public on the day that we're recording this. So we we stay in the recording minds, everyone. We we do not see the lights, and I hope you appreciate that. Yeah, no, they 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 they'd be interested, probably not, but in knowing like how how our next fo- our following weeks are set up as like basically record 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 <laughs> and you have an extra record which is the one that just went up yes and we keep recording <laughs> we have the, we have the next two already planned out and uh it it will be uh i don't know it will depend on the next following months as well uh, on june and stuff yeah but we won't be alone for a while so let's let's treasure the moment even though i love our guests Oh, absolutely! We get great get guests, uh, and they're always yeah. fun. But it's uh, we we're we're gonna be our solo episodes are not gonna be as frequent uh, for for a little bit, which is fine. Collabs are good, and we bring other people and other voices and other ideas, and that's always enjoy that. Anyway, <laughs> yes. So today, today we're gonna talk. It's it's odd that directly or well indirectly, I guess. Uh, we're going to talk about this author, well, not this author, but better, uh, an author better than him. We've only talked about him once, far back. I think it's episode 11 or 12. It's Lovecraft. I wasn't there yet. You weren't. <laughs> for uh, It's very well listened. It's an enjoyed episode, and it's it's Lovecraft. There's a reason for it. He is popular, so to speak. Uh, but we're not yes. directly going to talk about him. We're going to talk about someone much more interesting. We're going to talk... Oh. Well... <laughs> the, the the other the other author will be the main focus. Yes. Uh, let's just say that. Yeah, it's a better way to phrase it. Uh, Lovecraft <laughs> is interesting, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, no. But yes, Lovecraft. Lovecraft. And, we and the other guy. The other guy. By the name of Victor Laval. Yay! Woo! It is the Ballad of Black Tom by Victor Laval, which is effectively a rewriting of a Lovecraft short story in, in a more interesting way called The Horror at Red Hook. And yeah. oh, Lovecraftian, this is Lovecraftian horror, the, the, the expression cosmic horror, which describes this as a bigger field without necessarily implicating Lovecraft. But this one does. So yeah, it's Lovecraftian for sure. It is, I'm, I'm going to go through the, the descript- summary very briefly because it is it is, it's a novella, I think, because it's very short, it's to the point, and it's, it, it sticks well. But effectively, it is the story of, well, Tommy Tester, who was a, a, an odd kind of grifter for magical artifacts and stuff, but he gets caught up in the schemes of Robert Sudam, who is a rich white man who... Uh, it has has kind of turned away from the established rich whiteness, but still carries it with him wherever he goes, because of course he does. And of course he does. And turns to worshipping Cthulhu and bringing about the end of the world. And Tommy Tester gets involved with it and sort of 
become something else via, you know, we get some trauma on the way as he, uh, as, you know, police brutality and violence. So, you know, the content warnings upcoming are racism, police violence and brutality, sexism, probably, maybe, I don't know, what, what probably, but they're basically male characters for the majority of the story. Um, Which is sexist, so, you know, that's just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And xenophobia, of course. So all that is yeah. going to be coming up shortly uh, on the left page. Uh, it's Lovecraft, baby. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> you can't, unfortunately. So um, Tommy Testa gets involved with that and sort of after, you know, having, uh, spoilers, uh, having his dad brutally murder the police for, you know, the, the, the no reasons that they give, um, Tommy spirals and ends up being transformed and changed by the void and becomes a sort of agent of Cthulhu, but his own being in as in as Black Tom. And uh, he cooperates with Sudan's plan only to, as it is convenient and eventually brings it all down, literally, and uh, gets revenge on Sudan, on the, 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 the direct police officers who wronged him, and uh, <laughs> leaves a traumatic scar for good reason on uh, another cop which we follow for a bit. And uh, he he feels he's changed. He's not the same being, but, uh, and he paid the price for it and will continue to, but he is somehow okay and somewhat okay at the end of the day as he goes off screen. And uh, we close. It's very simple, but yeah, after such a lengthy summary as we did in like Mass Effect, this is a not change of pace <laughs> where I don't take five minutes. Yeah, I will say the whole uh, corruption or uh, the relationship, maybe I don't know. Um, the interactions, let's just call it that. Yeah, the interactions of Tommy Testa slash Black Tom are facilitated through uh, Soyman's invitation for Tom to play at his little gathering, his little cold weirdo gathering. Yeah, um, and that, that's how he gets opportunity to you know get corrupted or get some kind of uh, working relationship with the uh, with the unknown with the. Uh, with, with the arcane, I guess, I don't know. It's, yeah. Um, yeah, that, which is an important detail, I think. So. Yeah, he, he had some knowledge and interaction with the arcane before, but he uh, he does something he should not have because at the, the this gathering that Leon mentioned, Sudam is showing off to his, to a lot of other folks that are marginalized, maybe criminal. Uh, it, it's It's somewhat unclear how much ruffians yeah ruffians is a good middle ground because we're they're described as criminals by the police but not in they're described as uh ruffians by uh tommy i think so i he calls them roughnecks i believe but yeah Mm. i like to call them ruffians ruffians is a good middle ground i like that thanks yeah thanks leon (laughs) you're welcome (laughs) and he's showing off his powers and you know why they should worship uh the the old one uh, especially the sleeping old one and, you know, he's doing his powers and basically sh- sending this library where this gathering's happening to the void to, like, show off. It's like, oh, look, look at the sleeping giant in, in the deep and look at our powers, my powers and what we can accomplish together. And we'll bring about the end of the world and then we'll be given it to roll over it as kings. Sure, buddy, that's definitely gonna work. 
Um, <laughs> solid plan. Suidam doesn't profit from the knowledge that he is in a Lovecraftian novel. <laughs> so yeah, you know. definitely not. It's like oh, cosmic indifference, but he's gonna reward us. Yeah, yeah. keep thinking that, buddy. The being uh, you call the being Cthulhu, which I don't know if it's Cthulhu. Uh, I know there are some people very particular on the Lovecraftian lore. He mentions Cthulhu at the... Tom does at the very end. Oh. That it is. Because oh, right, they right, say right, throughout the book, it's like, oh, he had another name that, rather yeah. than the sleeping oh, old okay. one. The sleeping king, I believe, yeah. At the very end, uh, Black Tom does mention uh, Cthulhu. And I'll save that quote for later. Yeah. <laughs> the main dude. The main uh, the main monster. The main eldritch whore. Yeah. Uh, Lovecraft. <laughs> so, I know there are a couple. There are several. Yeah, I know Cthulhu. If you really want to go up the ladder, Cthulhu tends to be not the biggest one, even. Yeah. Like, yes, he, he has a dad. <laughs> uh, and then, like, there's, like, a cosmic being that's just a gaping hole or whatever. And it's like, yeah, okay, okay, Lovecraft. <laughs> okay, Philip Howard raises Lovecraft, which is his full name, I believe. I'm not quite sure. Oh, absolutely. But, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, don't Google what his cat is named. Um, other than that, yeah, I guess that's a good... A thing to get into, if that's okay with you, Frank. Oh yeah, no, let's, I, let's go go yeah. through it first. It's uh, I I would like to uh get get into like what our first exposure was to Lovecraft because once again we 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 talk about literary stuff. <laughs> stuff yeah. is the professional academic name. Don't don't, <laughs> don't hate me. Uh, we talk about literary stuff and especially the fictional side. And if we talk about literary fiction, we cannot escape the uh, the, the the stain or the art or the whatever you like to call it, um, the non bodilar fractal stain, but just a normal stain. Um, <laughs> the uh, that is Lovecraft. That is Lovecraft. So yeah, yeah. how how did we start our uh, respective journeys with Lovecraft? Because you know it's such an influential beacon of works i suppose i think mine was fairly late like i was certainly aware of him as a thing before oh, yeah, same and that like oh he is the cosmic horror stuff he's also horribly racist um i, I didn't know how much until i read it uh but like oh, i yeah. had that as a general feeling or general sense but i i had known of the mythos before i knew of the actual writings then because like this happened in college then I was like, okay, uh, let's let's do some proper reading. And there's interesting stuff. Like I, I think now this is a caveat because or there's a caveat to this, which is the racism and the xenophobia. But uh-huh. uh, there is some interesting use of estrangement by Lovecraft, intentional and not, to turn the familiar into unfamiliar and weird and disturbing, to a degree, because then it crosses over and it's just racist xenophobia but until then Obviously. it's it's somewhat interesting it's it's engaging so to speak at times it's juvenile and racist uh, and those things uh, come together and not but still um because uh, i um uh, i'm gonna confess my shame uh and uh, a, a lust for good book editions i have a single volume edition uh which is beautiful by the way of the entire works of lovecraft and it has like his first story. I don't think we should be ashamed of that, <laughs> right? Oh yeah, no, I, I get the uncomfortableness, and but it's a good thing that you a are comfortable. I think that is very redeeming, if anything. But I don't <laughs> think there's a need to be redeemed in the sense that, like, once again, if we want to, if you want to draw the line of uh, the demarcating line that is racism, especially <laughs> within fiction from a certain era, 
uh, even though it's still very much present and so, oh, yeah. and so on. But, you know, slightly more subtle for the average person, maybe. I'm not, not so much for... Uh, uh, hmm. You know what? Let's not get into that one. I, I think there but, are certain stories uh, which fly under the radar better than others. Yeah. I mean, I, I will give an example of my own experience, even. Like, Shadow of Innsmouth is a very racist, xenophobic story. When I read it the oh, first yeah. time, I wasn't wholly aware of it, so I didn't catch all of it. Uh, even the other and such was like, okay, weird, weird fish beings, you become one of them. That's actually great. It's not a problem. Um, but <laughs> uh, I, I didn't catch on. And, and later, you know, it's like, oh boy. Well, on the other hand, there are others of his, which is like, even and that, on that same level, I'm like, well, this is fucking terrible, isn't it? Um, to give an example of one, which is very short, which is called The Street. And effectively, it's the idea of like a, oh, a street becoming a sentient thing and molded by its experiences and whatnot. Unfortunately, in this case, the the street is very racist and very xenophobic. Unfortunately, but it's an interesting premise. Yeah, and I, there's like two things about that. Like, first, I, I would say that I don't know um, what is way more important to me as someone who is uh, part of not. <laughs> Well, part of one group that is uh, denounced by Lovecraft, not as much as others, but you know, sometimes he gets <laughs> into some, you know, and uh, it's, it's, and I'm also part of another group of people, technically speaking. Um, once again, we'll get into that on episode. <laughs> but uh, if he knew about those people, <laughs> about <laughs> other people, he would have been very racist towards those people as well. <laughs> but uh, generally, he focused on like uh, you know other stuff. But yeah, the thing is that like. Uh, just to give an example, like I did it though, ironically, uh, that like you know the whole uh, fish people, uh, no fish people, um, reptile people, like oh reptiles, reptiles mm. controlling the world. I thought that was just a dumb alien meme, but you know it's anti it's anti-Semitism. It's very yep. robust anti-Semitism. Yeah, and I hate people who still keep on engaging with that anti-Semitism. Um, oh no, let's not, I can't I can't get into that one. But uh, that's a whole whole thing. Yeah, it but is. So, <laughs> so that's the thing, right? Uh, e- like, you know, even if you're directly affected by it, it can still fly under the radar. And uh, so I'm not really interested in, like, moral retribution against those people who, uh, who like, you know, um, like, don't get the story on the first um, <laughs> try. It's... It, it's that's that's not virtuous to me if you do. Oh yeah. It's good. I'm happy that you are and kudos to you. Uh but if you're like, "Oh, I'm a better moral person because of it." I'm like, "Ah, shut up." Yeah, it's more something about competency, I think. And competency in a in a literary sense of like, "Oh, I am aware of this and I'm or I can find these easier." That kind of thing rather than moral, yeah. for sure. No, but leave it to uh Leave it to the person who likes social science um, to like apply a non-personal or a <laughs> non-personal perspective to these things. I thank you once again. I I think it's very important to realize and that which is what you have that there are systems at play here and like you know like that that is larger than the individual and I don't uh, maybe once again this is kind of reminiscent of our Ursula Le Guin story uh, Ursula Le Guin George R. R. Martin comparison mm-hmm. uh, that we did in the last episode. Go listen to it; it's really good. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I'm really happy about it. Um, you should. But yeah, it's, it's once again, to be also draw a comparison on a certain level about like individualism versus social perspective, even though ironically it's the other way around in that episode. But <laughs> generally, we do support a more uh, social perspective on things, a more zoomed out uh, perspective. 
and you know as as long as you have the vision uh, and realize that you know there are systems at play here that are institutional racism among among others um i i don't think you should feel any kind of shame for owning lovecraft work which is like my <laughs> second point there's a great video by the video essayist youtube video essayist uh h bomb mm. who talks about cthulhu oh i haven't seen that one yeah it's it's pretty good um it's about like a, uh, a gay guy like not being able to confront his family about being gay oh no i have seen that one actually okay i have so th- i've forgotten <laughs> But um, yeah, no, it's it's once again he goes into I, I was gonna I'm not gonna re- repeat it for verbatim, but, but uh, like <laughs> gen- go watch that uh, video essay, even though it's it's really funny to as a very small creator to shout out the big one, but <laughs> it's it's good because it uh, draws like the um, very real rea- uh, the very <laughs> real reality I guess shrug of queer people uh, liking Lovecraft, even though once again. <laughs> As a queer person, oh, three, three people actually. Uh, as <laughs> three, uh, as another, another thing that Lovecraft would hate me for, but um, yeah. So he he's also very queerphobic, and so forth and so on. And but there's a lot of people who, like you said, about talking about estrangement and feel this visceral connection with certain Lovecraftian stories and texts and so forth. Yeah. And mainly this meta perspective that is present throughout all Lovecraft's work, which is why. We have this subgenre or just genre called Lovecraftian horror. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, sorry for the tirade, but I think that's a very important perspective to establish early on. Uh, yeah, um, Lovecraft, huh? Uh, yeah, for me, <laughs> for me, I would say uh, I, similar to you. I was aware of the man. Um, I was also aware of his racism. Mm-hmm. Um, shortly thereafter, once again, I, like you, I. I picked up on some of it, but like, and then I watched some video essays on it, and like, you know, read some stuff on it, and it's like, oh my god, this is not this is so much worse, so much worse oh, than yeah. I initially on my first uh, uh, first roundabout uh, like was aware of, and yeah, I once again I liked it, but I was never like a Lovecrafty nut. I was never like that interested in it. Mm-hmm. I remember digging further into Lovecraft after reading George R. R. Martin stuff. Oh, who cited as one of his main influences this one dude called Lovecraft. It's like <laughs> Lovecraft. That sounds lovely. It wasn't. Uh, it's not wasn't a loving lovely guy at all. <laughs> not a loving guy at all, actually. Um, yeah. And then there's the final note, and I want to shut up. But uh, then the final <laughs> note about like Lovecraft's final note being like apparently, um, according to his letters, he was like, "Fuck!" Uh, like two months before he died. By the way. Like it's like ah, oh, oh shit! I'm an idiot. Racist people are so stupid. Oh fuck! And then he dies. Basically, <laughs> so, it's like the meme like realizes he's an idiot racist and denounces like capitalism and like oh oh four groups actually. Uh, he also hates socialists. Uh, I forgot about that. <laughs> oh yeah, Christ, it, the list keeps going. Um, <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah. So it was really funny that he like. Realized all this dumb shit, and then I was like, ah, dice croaks. Like, <laughs> uh, I don't know. So, yeah. Um, As a Christian, I very much appreciate that sense of redemption. It's much more satisfying than just, you know, oh, they died. I'd rather they redempt, they, they redeem, or not, not they redeem, they, they have a sense of redemption, at least for themselves, if not for other people. Yeah, I, I don't know how to engage with the notion of redemption, because once again, 
I re- I can only uh, conceptualize redemption as a very physical, uh, active thing. Uh, oh yeah. For for me, what he did was just realization, which is not oh, redemption sure. to me. I mean, I, that as a first step. Sorry. Really. Didn't mean to like you know. Uh, no, no, I brought it up. You you okay. responded. <laughs> it's it's what we do. It's, it's a show. Okay. <laughs> just just didn't want to make you feel judged or whatever. But no, um, not at all. But, but yeah, if no. you do, uh, if you made a mistake, then you can redeem yourself throughout this episode. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a weird one. Um, you know, I don't think it's it's redemption really, especially because you know he did nothing about it because he he died. Yeah. Uh, but as I don't know, the, the sense is that like I'd rather. I mean, I <laughs> I'm not gonna mourn the death of a war criminal, for example. I, but I oh, find yeah. it much more satisfying. That's like, oh fuck. Um. Yeah. That that is that is a, a great a greater deal of satisfaction than just yeah. they die, uh, in conviction. <laughs> he also in like one of his latest letters, um, like argued that uh, he foresaw something like the MCU happening, which is once again, uh, don't know necessarily if I one hundred percent agree with it, but uh, if you're interested in Lovecraft, go read his letters. Go read uh his final letters, which are pretty good. I mm. think. But uh, yeah, Lovecraft, huh? What a guy! Yeah, as a, as a jumping off point, like back to the story, I think. Um, yeah, I think it's worth mentioning how that nomenclature I used at the start, right? Like, the the there was this thing called Lovecraftian. There is still, uh, but there have been, or there has been sort of the pressure. I'm not gonna say the movement, but the pressure to name that as something different, as cosmic horror, in order to distance that from that specific sense that Lovecraft war of Lovecraftian stories are like yeah no because effectively a lot of what happens with Lovecraft is that the cause the horror the cosmic horror even it is predicated on this xenophobia and racism and Lovecraftian fiction can do that unfortunately can that isn't written by Lovecraft uh, because Lovecraft wasn't Lovecraftian as a you know that that sort of thing Marx wasn't a Marxist etc um Misha was a nihilist. <laughs> uh oh, definitely wasn't. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but the point is that uh, that was what cosmic horror a great deal was built upon. And to to create this idea of cosmic horror as like something else or something that can be engaged with is more interesting. Like if in Lovecraft stories, if there is an uncrossable barrier between this capital U unknown and capital O other in this story, what Laval does is that's like, well, you can cross that barrier. You can even go in between and become something in between at a cost, but it leads into something else. And I think we can argue whether it was the transformation that led Tommy or Black Tom to do what he does, the, the violences and the atrocities he does, or whether there was Tommy and I think that's an interesting point. Uh, but regardless, the something that Laval deals with is that it's the horror isn't necessarily just the other or just the unknown. That can be horrifying and terrifying in both senses. But there is an engagement with this unknown, and that it that it is possible. It isn't just there isn't just a a wall or an unbridgeable gap there. Yeah, no, definitely. I think yes, um, yeah. Once again, we will get into it, but it's it has this very interesting relationship then with uh, 
which defies once again the very generic uh, way Lovecraft wrote uh, wrote his stories. I once again, you already know when you read a Lovecraft written by Lovecraft, that is, uh, you already know where it's going to go if if you are aware of his metacontextual stuff, you know. Yeah. So, um, I think this book then takes a more subtle approach and reconceptualizes a bunch of things in an interesting way. Yeah. It it plays that really well. And Oh yeah. And I I I mean something which uh, which shows up at a horror horrid red hook, which is the the Lovecraft story is and that shows up in a lot of other stories is you know like there there's something about Lovecraft I think which <laughs> he really does not value human beings and really uh, underestimates human beings, I think. Well, only certain individuals he values, I feel. Like, well, you know, yes, but I will push it The further. good white people. <laughs> well, I, I, even then, them, I think he does with the idea that like, because the, the idea of this utter unknown, which destroys you from simple observation, I, I think it's a sense of like, oh, you, you cannot grasp this. You No one can do this. So like, even them... They are they, there is still an underestimation there. Oh yeah, which uh, is distinct by one passage in the story where it's like, oh, something horrifying and terrible has happened, and it's like the first person who saw it immediately goes mad. Uh, effectively, the the video game mechanical mechanic of the sanity meter, uh, Lovecraft did invent it. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah, definitely. Uh, like it's I'm not. This is not hyperbole. People see things in Lovecraft stories and immediately flick the switch to mad, uh, whatever that means, which uh, <laughs> is how it happens in, in in horror games that have sanity meters. You start looking at stuff and you start going mad. Yeah, it's interesting because one of my one of my very first that I forgot actually. So thank you so much for saying this. <laughs> one of my first introductions to Lovecraft was a not great video game called Call of Cthulhu. Oh, um, yeah, it's not good. Yeah, it's it's kind of a detective mystery, and once again, it's uh probably like Boards of Innsmouth esque. Mm. Once again, it's been too long ago. Uh, I thought it was uncomfortable because the character models kind of wasn't weren't scary, but just looked uncomfortable. I don't know. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Don't know where this is going, but uh, I just want to uh, <laughs> like uh, mention our other great love video games and other media. But yeah, that's uh, yeah. I don't know. Uh, that was a weird introduction. That was like the first, I guess, real one-on-one introduction to Lovecraft in a non-learning about way, like mm. something that's directly delineated from Lovecraft uh, himself. Yeah. Uh, it, it didn't, uh, to your point, it didn't, uh, from what I recall, it didn't handle the whole xenophobia well, <laughs> I would say. Ooh. It was just like, oh, people turning weird, that's cool. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I well, regardless, because uh, um, I I don't don't know much to say about that. <laughs> um, yeah, sorry. No, that's okay. I just I don't know. Um, but yeah. my point is that like there's this underappreciation for like what humanity can do, um, and there oh, are yeah. people who are lesser humanity to him. That's that's the, the big issue. But there, gen- yeah. in general, there is this sense that's like no humanity cannot deal with this. It would be annihilated by this instantly. And in terms of powers, sure. But this just this seeing of like, <gasps> um, and immediate in, in flickering to madness is, um, it's silly. It's silly, frankly, uh, if you yeah. really want to go into it. 
but generally this fear of space as well i yeah. think it's really funny because we were learning in like late 1800s we were learning a lot about space and like oh that that like probably settled some big fear in him about like no the way things are are fine we should not reach this this is like one of the most famous quotes uh, from lovecraft i don't know exactly how it goes but something along the lines of we were meant not we were not meant to stray this far and when we do we recoil and we crave the certainty of the little island that we were from originally and that was mainly uh like triggered by space or something yeah uh, once again the man w- had deep fears for uh i don't know like to call him a man is like <laughs> uh, already presumptuous i feel it's more like the skin suit filled with anxiety <laughs> and you know as someone who has slight anxiety i don't want to be dismissive about anxiety but i don't know how else to put it well you um, the thing is you don't direct it at the at the fear and loathing of a great deal of humanity so you know you're finally on yeah well i'm saying that like these anxiety untreated result mm. in like some very deep-seated issues not yeah. like it's psychoanalytical on here but uh mm-hmm. yeah. no no <laughs> I, th- I think that yeah. helps to understand because what I'm getting at is that Lovecraft has a conception of humanity, and he has yeah. a, a conception of a lower humanity, which is worse. But in general, the way he sees people is incredibly negative. It is, you know, it's the idea that's like, oh, the, our greatest fear is the fear of the the unknown, that kind of thing, and this unknown will annihilate us. In principle, um, we don't even need to think, just it's gays, it's enough, and, and whatnot. And... yeah. And all that, I think, it's so. So that's what I'm getting at, and that can that that bit of it may be motivated in in parts by this anxiety and this sort of tainting a certain view of uh, of this and whatnot, but which probably helps. But yeah, it's interesting. Sorry, go on. No, no, just just saying that generally, like it's something to note and something that I think not maybe not directly, but indirectly in its portrayal, and it is like. Especially with this, con- with the connection that Tom has with the unknown, becoming fused with it, breaks that idea apart. It's like, no, we can do. It's terrifying and it's scary, but we can even merge with this and ca- walk out the other side, keeping pieces of ourselves. Or can we? No. Well, that's why keeping pieces. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, interesting. I agree with what you say. I don't think he uh, to because I once again I tried to. Well, I didn't mean to correct you, but more as an as an addendum. But yeah. like early on, I I do want to say like I do agree that he doesn't like humanity as a whole. Yeah. But I do think he likes the way things are because that gives him a certain kind of uh, anti anxiety, so to speak. Oh yeah. Um, I do think then individuals individuals can be great, uh, great with quotation marks or like <laughs> asterisks. But uh, when, let me put it like this: individuals can be great when they safeguard order. Then, when yeah. they, you know, are uh, uh, you know a pillar against the unknown who safeguard us against the unknown. This is the most favorable way uh, Lovecraft encapsulates any person. I would say, yeah, like uh, the police. Once again, not a Lovecraft scholar. I has not read a lot of it. <laughs> yeah, I have either. heard some people talk about some of his stuff, which has helped. So once again. Uh, <laughs> As always, feel free to correct us if we're wrong or if you feel different. Love a good discussion. But, um, yeah. The man was also afraid of water. He did never s- swam because, oh. you know, water is a lot of like, space. Um, I mean, that, that is true, though. Uh, yeah. 
Sure. To a degree. Careful with. Yeah, it's it's a uh, oceans are like in the deep deep on the depth of oceans is an easy, uh, even though flawed conceptualization of, uh, how do we say, of um space like it it's yeah. it's a easy like simplified schematic I would say in certain ways yeah uh, there are oceans in space which I wish Lovecraft knew <laughs> um, but that's neither here nor there but uh. <laughs> God, I, I would torture that man. So so good. Um, it's also, <laughs> final point. I'm sorry, then I'll shut up about him. But it's also worthy to note in like what we're saying about like you know him having bad opinions uh, or just being a fucking idiot. The man was not very smart. The man was not an academic or like well, not that you have to be an academic to be smart. That's not the what I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. But he's failed at his studies. Um, his family was like. Uh, degrading, um, like you know, upper middle class moving to middle class slash lower class, which once again filled him with some kind of anxiety towards poor people. He had um, class anxiety for sure. I think that's very oh, clear. Yeah. And but the man was not successful. Like once again, he was not very good at mathematics. Or once again, he didn't have any like. Uh, th- there are probably a bunch of things that are not right with the guy. And yeah, not saying that if you do, he lived a fairly miserable life, unfortunately. Yeah, which also isn't <laughs> an excuse, but it's a way to understand at least certain aspects. Yeah. It was also not that popular in his time, I believe. Yeah, but once again, it is Lovecraft is has become a posthumous, uh, influential giant in a regard for better or for worse. That's not. A, but once again, that's not something I care to get into. Mm-hmm. But uh, even though, once again, I I think you can. <laughs> Uh, uh, filtrate our opinions throughout this episode about about that, but once again, um, once again, well, like like I said, referring back to the H bomb um video essay on that one, like you know, the estrangement finding comfort in like queer communities and so forth, but still the man being very bad, um, so whatever you do with that, that's up to you for the side. I would say exactly, but yeah, uh, yeah, so it being tremendous, tremendously influential, even slightly influen- influencing uh, a guy that you would never expect uh, slightly influencing uh, Tolkien <laughs> yeah there's a passage in uh, the two towers about uh, abyssal creatures after Gandalf and the Belrock fell they fall into a place that is unknown that is older than Sauron and like has bad creatures and it's just dark there and the and Gandalf flees uh, af- behind the uh, Balrog, and they both just leg it out of there. And the Balrog is made of fire, so he gives light. Otherwise, he would have been lost in the dark there. Which is just a thing that's casually said in, in in a chapter and never revisited upon. Huh. Um. Yeah. They should make a game about that. <laughs> yeah. Instead of another. Creature. Anyway, we can't get into that one. No, we can't. <laughs> maybe, maybe the next HBM if you have some extra time. But um, yeah, no. So sorry for, but just to um, this is just a little anecdote just to show how influential he is. Like I said, George R. R. Martin, a huge writer, um, clearly influenced by Lovecraft in so many ways. And well, the list goes on. The list goes on. And you know, there is like we we have already said a a literal subgenre or a literal genre dedicated to the man's works. Or derived from this man's works, yeah. for better or for worse. Once again, not interesting. But yeah, uh, I would say looking at this work, I would say it's for the better. Oh, absolutely. But this work very clearly engages in a, well, 
uh, in a certain way that is uh, rehabilitating the genre, I would say. Yeah, exactly. And for me to call it Lovecraftian horror or to call it cosmic horror is, once again, I'm going to leave that up to other people who are more into it. Um, I don't know. I generally, yeah, I, I understand there's an important in name. And I understand that. Once again, I don't want to do the whole we should leave the statue of the racist enslaving person <laughs> up because history. Like, you know, I don't want to do a literary version of that. I I just don't, yeah. I don't feel that strongly one way or another, sadly. Sure. Uh, and I'll take my note from people who are more passionate and more well-read on that uh, subject. So, that, uh, yeah. So I'm going to stop talking now. I'm so sorry. <laughs> don't. This, this is your podcast, too. <laughs> You're supposed to talk. No, but I, I ran it on for a bit. So. Nah, I don't think so. I interrupted you as well. So, you know, all all okay. well. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I think this is a good... This is this is important to talk about because this is kind of what sets up the entirety of this story, which is like, okay, you have this terrible fucking story, but what if... What if... Um, yeah, the horror isn't the cosmic horror. It isn't just like, oh, this white man is just slightly not wanting to conform to this and is actually using these other people, you know, more inclined to savagery, um, to to explore their base instincts, whatever, you know. Th- that's the language, that's the fucking language in that story. Um, what if, you know, it's, uh, it's something else? Yeah, I think it's interesting then that, uh, is there a Suidam in Red Hook? Yeah, yeah, no, the, the names are pretty, uh, there, isn't, there isn't a Tommy Tester. Okay. That's basically the difference. It's um it's interesting then that like there's a white person called him Sumidam, which is then a very twisted and weird way to denounce cultural appropriation, but not in a good way at all. Oh yeah. <laughs> like because once again, uh, as, as a white guy, your last name is not Sweetam. I <laughs> I think. The especially the way it's written, it's like, you know, it's a very orientalist, I would say. Oh yeah. Um yeah. I mean, I think the sense in, in the stories that like, oh, Suidam got um, got interested or got closer to things that, you know, regular civilized people shouldn't. And as such, uh, he was uh, taken over by them, gave in to certain instincts and stuff. Oh, okay. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, never mind then. Um, hmm. <laughs> yeah. No, but I find it interesting then in this story that we have that... The white guy purposely, once again, his real name probably isn't Suidam. I'm pretty sure. It's never said, right? I yeah. don't know. But I do find it an interesting notion that in, in my reading of it, I have decided that he, uh, his first name is Robert as well. So he probably, his second name is not Suidam, um, which then, you know, giving him an air of like mysticism and whatnot, and which is very popular in like the uh, Victorian ages and has like, um, uh, carried over into after post-Victorian ages, I would say. Mm-hmm. There's always been like this class of upper, um, upper uh, or like lower upper class. Uh, once again, upper class, but like the lower tiers of it. Yeah, like certain white people, like you know, try to f- uh, navigate their way into the hoi polloi society and so forth and so on by like, um, like, like being entertaining. And how do you, how are you entertaining? Well, just uh, br- brutally uh, use like uh, like things found in the colonies of like this. Let's take the UK for example. Like you know, uh, ransack uh, artifacts from uh, the colonies. 
and then bring them home and like eat a mummy, for example. I don't know. <laughs> that's the thing that they did. Uh, that's weird. Hmm. Um, yeah. No, uh, there were just people in Victorian high society uh, that like ate a mummy. Uh, because. Oh, yeah. Because, I don't know, white people are weird, man. I don't know. <laughs> it's just so stupid. Okay. Yeah. Um, don't know what to do with that. But that's what I'm trying to get at. Like, Sui Dom wears the uh, abstract aesthetics of that quite well. I yes. Would say. Yes. And it's also fun to know that he has some power, but his power is mainly derived from literal smoke and mirrors. I thought that was funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's literally mirror stained glass stuff that he can do. Which I thought it was funny. I don't know. Okay, so he also has like some uh, occult knowledge. Um, he invites Tommy over and says, like, oh, the password is Asmodai, which is just Greek for Asmodeus, which I thought was, yeah, okay, sure, dude. I, I like to think that he picked like the Greek version of it wrong. Because once again, a lot of the <laughs> occult knowledge just mainly talks about him in Latin, I believe. Once again, mm. not my field. I'm so sorry if I got it wrong, but it's not really important. I always, uh, <laughs> I do really dislike that name, mainly because it was one of the villains in The Wheel of Time, which is not a good, which I have, I have feelings about that. A book series, as Frank well knows. <laughs> Asmodeus or Asmodai? Uh, Asmodeus. Oh, okay. And um, yeah, this is one of the lieutenants of the evil dark one called Shaitan. Mm. Uh, yeah, because, yeah, because, yeah. Oh, Christ. Okay, sorry. All series, it's whatever, it's fine. It's not, uh, no, it's not fine, but it's fine. Um, Dune did it like decades before you, my guy. Come on. Um, but it's fine, whatever. Can't talk about your time. I'm so sorry. Uh, or you're welcome. Uh, either or co- configuration of both, a synthesis, if you will. But uh, it's uh, yeah. I, I always like ah ah. That, that always like gives me like PT, uh, reading PTSD. I guess I don't know. Uh, fun uh, fact though about about the name and, and stuff. Uh... In the Portuguese translation, which I read because I have a physical copy, it is Asmodeus. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Have you read the English one? Or I did. I compared to get some quotes and stuff and some okay. of my notes, but not not to the point where I found out it was Asmodai, not Asmodeus. Interesting. Yeah, well, once again, Asmodeus is one, uh, one of the lieutenants of the underworld, I believe, in some occult circles or biblical lore. Yeah. Uh, not not my field, sadly. Um, Shows up in Binding of Isaac. <laughs> oh, then then you know it's it's important. But um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's once again I can find out about that stuff if it was really important. But once again, it was just a password. Yeah, and I don't think biblical occultism, ironically, even though it has a lot of similar vibes, I don't know a lot of examples that mix biblical occultism with uh, Lovecraftian horror. Hmm. Even though it it's, it overlaps, right? Or I mean, how, how do you feel? About I, I that? don't know if it overlaps. I'm not. I don't think it does. But the vibes kind of do. Well, sure. Well, yeah. But uh, <laughs> the you know, vibes, right? the vibes, <laughs> the vibes. Sorry. Uh, no, I I I would say that you know the 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 law of probabilities would indicate that someone has done that crossover. Oh yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure about that. But I don't know it. So yeah, me uh, leave a comment. Everyone. Oh, please do. If, if you know of that yeah. and it's good, uh, well, if it's bad, do tell us still. But especially if it's yeah, good, well, uh, do let us know. We could be mean-spirited. We've been good. We have been uh, kind and like positive about works. We we deserve a treat. We can be mean-spirited about a, about a work, <laughs> about uh, something for once. 
Not often. It was never going to be a thing often, but yeah. Yeah. Just saying. Just sometimes. It's it's possible. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think uh, what I was going to mention about Sudam, I think, is that, like, at, at the end of the day, and pardon the term, uh, pretty much all that he does, really, uh, is mumbo-jumbo. Huh. Yeah. No, definitely. Like smoke and mirrors. Like I said. Exactly. Yeah, I, I do agree. It, it, so, it isn't... Yeah, that's very important. Go on. Yeah, it, it, there's very little... To what he actually ends up doing, it doesn't feel like there's much power to it. Like, especially no. uh, given uh, Black Tom's role in him in it, it, it would very much indicate that's like Tom is running the show, right? Tom is the one dealing the cars and making it think that it is if Sudam's the ones with the ideas, isn't he? Yeah, which I do think is something um, that I kind of want to get into. It's like this utilization of oppressive systems yeah. that Tom understands and the writer also understands very well, would argue. Yeah. Um, which is always, once again, it's always a fear getting into a, getting into a Lovecraft derivative. Um, derivative sounds so mean. I don't know if that's a better... Inspired. Let's, yeah. let's call it inspired. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a normal word, I believe. It doesn't... But I don't know. It sounds like negative. It has negative connotations, in my opinion. But, um, yeah, inspired word by Lovecraft. Like, oh, always holding my breath. Like, oh, is it... Did you learn the things that you're supposed to learn from its uh its its metacontextual history and so on? <laughs> true, so true. And well, this well, thankfully, um, it's very clearly dispelled early on. Um, yeah. That 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 the the writer understands systems of oppression very well, I think, and actually then utilizes it as a plot a plot device, which I think is chef's kiss. Um, especially since it's a short book, short and sweet. Yeah, it it does it very well, and once again, it never uh, a thing that I also deeply love is that it the writer never treats me like a fucking idiot. Yep, um, it's <laughs> like well, here I put the things, and you can you can put them together. No, and then yes, yes, I can. Thank you. <laughs> it's I don't know. Um, yeah, that's that's a, that's a pet peeve of mine that when when we over explain a thing. Especially in a book that's already not very long, and especially in a genre that's already very popular and well known. <laughs> so yeah, that's um, yeah, that's that's very interesting. Um, I would like to get into then how Suidam fits in this system of, of oppression and how that is utilized as a plot device. If that's okay. Yeah, think. no, sounds good. I uh, afterwards I do want to mention something that you wrote down and that you mentioned, like how um, how Black Tom utilizes the systems of oppression to his favor yeah. and yeah. the book goes even further on that it's like hmm what are the consequences of doing that um definitely which is good because it's it the book doesn't glorify anything i suppose it glorifies music which is acceptable which is fine it's music yeah <laughs> yeah it, yeah music is politically neutral in theory so it's it, you can glorify it i would say <laughs> it's um it's also not a painful reality, I suppose. It's just a, it's it's a medium. Uh, we can glorify mediums, I think, most of the time, depending on context. Sure. But uh, <laughs> yeah. But then once again, it's the context that's glorified, not the medium itself, usually. But yeah. Okay. Never mind. So <laughs> this um, we we are then introduced to like Tommy and Tommy struggles because he's a he's a, he's a black guy in Harlem, uh, Harlem in Dutch because that's where the name comes from. Oh, um, Harlem know that. is a yeah. You're welcome. Uh, Harlem is a city like uh, give or take thirty minutes outside of Amsterdam to the west. Of it. um, it's this is this is so unimportant. But uh, yeah, it's it always has this subsidiary role. Not not subsidiary. Sorry, 
his uh, complementary role to Amsterdam. Like there was a, a court was there in, in, in Harlem outside of Amsterdam that uh, was relevant during the tulip crisis and so forth and so on. Settled a lot of financial affairs. Uh, so mm. yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting city uh, if you care about Dutch history, which I'm not saying that you should. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that, that's why it was called. Because um, it's, it's, it's a neighborhood in New Amsterdam. So once again, <laughs> Harlem is close to Amsterdam. And it's in Harlem. It's a neighborhood in New Amsterdam, later on New York. So yeah, th- there you go. That's why that, that that that's why that history is there. Actual real world history. Wow. Once um, again, we all y- y- yeah, uh, not important or anything. But I, I don't know. It was mentioned, so I thought why not? Uh, if you have a Dutch guy on your podcast, might as well, right? Of course. Um, <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. So uh, uh, Harlem, the American Harlem. 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 Sorry. Um, Harlem is very well known, once again, for being a black minority neighborhood. Uh, the fictional superhero character of, uh, what's his name? Luke Cage is then, uh, yeah, once again, very important character, was introduced after Martin Luther King was shot, give or take. Hmm. And uh, the, the importance of a bulletproof uh, black guy is even then demonstrated, or the, you know, the desire for such a character is then realized, uh, is then found again in this book by the passing of uh, Tom's father, yeah. who once again was not, uh, well, didn't die for any uh, particular plot reason, but just racism. And racism is everywhere, and it's like, yep. it's so insidious. And the book deals with that in a very direct way that you cannot avert your eyes from it. You cannot read this book saying, like, well, I really like Lovecraftian stuff, but I'm, I don't really care about the racism stuff. Which is sadly still a large swath of Lovecraftian fans, mm-hmm. I would say. But then again, my perception of that is based off online presence, and online presence is always skewed in the favor of like more, um, well, <laughs> the controversial. Stuff. Yeah, because once again, they can't necessarily always more often than I would like still, but can't always like be uh, as. Um, well, let's just call it what it is, as racist as they want to in public life. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are certain consequences for that. Once again, not as often and intense as I would like, but we don't have to get into that one. So once again, my online perception of things, I always take with a drop of water, but literally just one drop. <laughs> so not not too much. But uh, yeah, so I would say those those fans are still definitely out there. And I think it's very good and purposeful choice to... Uh, make it such a thing that you can't turn your eyes away from. More about that in, at the end. But uh, oh yeah, 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 oh yeah. So um, Soydam is then very interesting because he, uh, well, at least he talks to Tom, even though he <laughs> he's still very racist. Um, but he at least talks to him. I suppose um, doesn't have the general perception. Uh, no, well, he has a general perception of black people, but a more modified one, slightly more tolerable, but I'm very hesitant to use that word because it's not tolerable, uh, tolerable in any... No, I think that's the tolerant. exact word, though. I think that's the exact word because yeah. it is, at most, tolerable, but not really. Yeah, tolerant, yeah. No, it's, yeah, but not, yeah, but not really. Um, He reminds me of certain, like, liberal white people that, like, want to like, get some equality for minorities, but want to keep capitalism and patriarchy uh, in yeah. a way that, once again, guess where the system of racism comes from? It's not white people just being rude, even though that's a part of it. 
Uh, but once again, it's very important to understand that there are systems at play here. Systems. And systems. Yeah, the systematic oppression. That's where the, the term comes from. And once again, Suidam cannot escape that. And I don't think Suidam has any interest uh, of doing that, mind you. But it's then very important that even the ones that are like, once again, slightly more tolerant of black people are still using black people in such a direct and um, undehumanizing way. And writer understands that, and I'm very happy that the writer does. <laughs> I think then that Sridham is considered a weirdo by his peers, by his rich, because uh, he's from old money. Yeah, He's a white, a guy. Um, so he has everything going for him, but apparently he likes certain hobbies that are not necessarily, once again, depending on circumstance and context, are not necessarily aligned by... Um, by uh, how do we say this? <laughs> by by the <laughs> generic template of rich whiteness of, yeah. of upper echelon uh, uh, white people, and that kind of bothers him, I suppose. Even though, once again, the way it bothers him is not necessarily that important. Uh, even uh, okay, well, I suppose he will get locked up in an insane asylum because he talks to minorities. Yeah. Which really shows you uh, how rare it is that white people get swallowed up by their own system that they created. But then it doesn't change anything. Other white people are still just fine. Like, there's no rippling. There's no... Uh, there's a stone that's dropped in the pond, but there are no ripples, so to speak, you know? Yeah, that makes there's, sense. There's the, no other white people are affected by Soydam's choices. And Soydam, mind you, could just do what he wants only has to be his the changes for him to fit in this system that is laid out for him by other rich white people the change that he needs to um uh, apply to himself are minimal are excruciatingly minimal <laughs> and once again tom operates in a world that no matter what he does and i'm very happy the writer once again understands this no matter what he does it will never be enough because he's black. Yeah. And, you know, that that's just a certain categorization and certain kind of segregation in a both real and abstract kind of way that, uh, you know, is very important and, once again, shows its clear de- deviation from actual Lovecraft's writing, you know. Fortunately. So, yeah, I'm very happy <laughs> about that. Yeah, no, exactly. So now, what do you, uh, what you feel? How, you, how do you feel about all that? No, no, I, I mean, I completely agree. I, I think that is, that's the point, right? And I, um, I, I would note, however, that's like the, I think it, it is such a big issue for Suidam to be talking with non-white people uh, because he is rich money. Um, whereas that in the, what would that, while that would be impressive in the bad sense, it's like, <gasps> um in uh, even for lower class white people, it would be less so, uh, or it wouldn't be like a public calamity or a commotion as such, because um, less is expected of them. That 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 kind of class perception as well. So I think that that would also be the case. It would be imp- it would be impressionable, but not necessarily calamitous as such. Um, but. It's uh, it's. I would add to that as as we're mentioning. It's like, because uh, at the end of the day, what Sudam really wants 
isn't really different from his own reality. Um, he he just wants it even more because uh, he basically wants I don't know be king of the world or something like that. Um, oh yeah, never really clear. Uh, but he's like, oh, we'll 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 wake Cthulhu, have him destroy humanity, and be proclaimed kings uh, of nothing. I guess, but <laughs> be proclaimed kings. He's willing to rule the worlds with non-white people, so that's interesting. Yeah, that's a deviation from what we would expect, but it's not a meaningful deviation because once again, he still envisions himself at the top, which once again yeah. reminds me a lot of like bourgeois feminism. Yeah, um, <laughs> like you know, like uh, first the white women and then the other women uh, get equality, like that kind of way, and uh, like for which then he. He defies the uh, the status quo by thinking Tom can be special, but he has to be special first. He is still like you know he's he's willing to accept that a black person could be like special or magical or what have you, but definitely not before him, a white person from a proper standing after all. So we see here that um, like the writer understands that your individualism and your um, personality are like in in so many ways, our correct correspondence with things like status quo, ideology, and systems of, of thinking, and system of oppression in this case. For instance, uh, before you are a fascist, you are already kind of an asshole. Yeah. And then <laughs> that asshole becomes a fascist and is then an even worse asshole. So I wouldn't say there's a direct one-two relation, but more, once again, a synthesis of things. Uh there's like once again, there's not a clear demarcation of that. I would argue. Um, interesting thing, and maybe uh, it's probably something I'm going to say for another episode. Uh, but I would love to get into that uh, more, some more theory heavy stuff on on that. Because mm-hmm. once again, it's what I know. But I would say there's a once again not a direct relation uh, between first this then that, but both processes exist on a personal and social level. And both of those processes are ongoing. And sometimes those processes talk to each other, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, so that's how I see things. Once again, a couple of asterisks, a couple of things that I can't really get into without getting theory heavy. Uh, also been a while, I'm not going to lie. But uh, <laughs> it's, um, yeah, so that's that's what I think. And that's something that's clearly displayed in Sweetum and another character, uh, Malone, I believe yeah. his name is. Yeah. With Malone not hating Tom in any particular way but still being very much a cock in this systematic oppression machine. Yeah, being the cop. Yeah, yeah, the, the cop. He's a cop, yeah. Sorry, thank you. <laughs> that's, a lot, that's a lot clearer. Uh, and the cops are cops. And this book understands that, among other things, I keep saying this, I'm so sorry, but it understands that very well. Do you want to talk about Malone? Or do you still... Um, I, uh, yeah, no, I, I think so. I, I, I think I was going to add that, like, Sudam, uh, well... <laughs> As you mentioned, it's like, oh, he's willing to rule with them. He says so. <laughs> Does that mean he intends yeah. to? And he still yeah. wants to be, you know, on top. Like, it's not... I, I, th- I like how you put it. That's like, oh, he is willing to accept that, you know, maybe a black person can be special, but they need to prove it first. It's not... It's not... It, it, he can stre- He can accommodate that, but he cannot outright accept it. Um, yeah, and the reality then is that he... Uh... That Tom runs the show, like you said earlier. Like, it is a white person directly profiting off of all black labor and calling himself special because of it. Yeah. Which I think is a very direct 
thinly veiled analogy for certain things, you know? Oh, so, yeah. oh. sorry. Uh, you know, I was, I was going to then jump onto Malone, who I absolutely, it, he's terrible, but I love how the book portrays him in comparison to Lovecraft. Because to Lovecraft, you know, he's a typical Lovecraft Sympathet- main character. Sympathetic, you know, bit sensitive, a bit weak, but, you know, kind of, you know, wants to do right by his society. Um, and, you know, he's a bit into the arcane and stuff and kind of pays the price. But yeah, he's ultimately kind of sympathetic. This Malone, he's pathetic. He's a cog in the machine, and okay, maybe he's not as overly terrible, but in truth, he's uh, still pretty terrible. Yeah, he's terrible. Uh, only his only virtue is that there he's surrounded by people who are a lot more directly and actively terrible. Yeah, exactly. Think of, think of the other cops. Think of the uh, once again the killer of Otis' father. I don't think uh, Malone is the guy that like is scared by black people and would empty his revolver twice, twice, twice into a black person, twice. He emptied his revolver six rounds probably. Yeah, I think uh, it's And then reloaded six. and emptied it again. And so 12 shots into a, a probably already not working body anymore. So, which is based on probably like a bunch of real stories, more stories that we are like, that's, you know, sadly more than we can count um, yeah, not in a literal way, but in a figurative way. Um, yeah, Christ, that's hmm. yeah, that that is uh, something that's very real and active, especially once again in black neighborhoods, historical black neighborhoods like Harlem. Yeah, and and Tulsa and so forth and so on. So yeah, that's uh, yeah. Uh, so Malone, huh? He likes to uh, look away. Likes to uh, yeah, exactly. He's like, oh well, turn inwards. It is. It is. It's. It, this is just how it is. It's how it is. So like, it I, is mm. what it is. It's. It's even soft-hearted. Uh, it's like soft-boiled stoicism. Yes. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> Which is yeah. Is what once again funny because so many people, and many white people and racist white people turn to find stoicism cool. <laughs> uh, now with access to uh, internet. A lot of these people have become online characters that use like Greek philosophers as profile pictures. So uh, yeah, <laughs> it's uh, which is like you know the anime profile picture of the far right. I feel yeah. So, I mean that's how I see them. It's interesting that no one uses pictures of I don't know. I mean anyone or, or generally, no one uses you know Hegel, Kant, Hume. No one uses the weird folks uh, in philosophy. Uh. I don't know if that's true, but really? yeah, they definitely like go with Greek sto- Stoics, yeah, uh, stuff like that, or like Roman emperors or stuff. Like yeah, that. yeah, but yeah, that like so it's fun that like different degrees of Stoicism play a role in different kind of like of like right wing uh, perceptions of things, yes, and also like verbalizations of real world misfortunes. Mm-hmm. And I I don't know if uh, once again I can't. Well, my whole point is that he doesn't verbalize it in any significant or meaningful way, Malone. And that is, once again, I think something I blame a lot of racist white people. Uh, being it passive racism or being it active racism, it shows that passive racism can be just as damaging to black communities as or minority communities in general uh, as active racism uh, or like aggressive racism. Like, you know, the... the uh, 
the looking away from how things are. Once again, it would defy this very simplistic moral notion of, well, if you don't do the deed, it's not a bad thing. It's not, it doesn't go on your report card, your moral, uh, whatever the fuck, ethical report card, because you didn't do the thing, right? But not doing a thing is not inherently superior to doing a thing. And this book understands that. And I think that's good. Yeah. But sorry, please continue. Yeah, and I think that becomes clear, especially it's like for the, the final sequence of events where uh, Malone is uh, searching, trying to find out more about Sudam and what he's doing. And it's like how he's doing something. He doesn't know what. And, you know, people won't talk to him because, you know, he's a cop. Uh, yeah. And he's like, oh, no, but it's something's not right. And I don't know. And then he kind of is like, oh, I think this may be connected to those, to these random uh, Norwegian. Um, <laughs> the blue-eyed Norwegian children. Yeah, that were kidnapped. Definitely not by them, <laughs> if they were. Yeah. Norwegian characters show up in throughout Lovecraft's work as well as indicating, and they often help out um, the main character that is supposed to be another white guy. Yeah. So, yeah. Th- th- that's like as kind as Lovecraft gets towards other people. But sorry, continue. <laughs> and uh, what, what he's like, oh no, this got there, whatever. And they bring fucking machine guns to effectively level a neighborhood, really. It's like three different bi- adjacent buildings, which they just kind of decide to, you know, yeah, no, let's bring it down. Let's destroy this building. Um, yeah. <laughs> because yeah. Uh, we can. That's literally the point. And I think it's even tell, even more telling when, because uh, uh, Malone goes in uh, in the deep end and he finds the secret rooms, whatever, and uh, he finds Sudam and uh, Black Tom and uh, he sees, you know, Black Tom, like, betraying Sudam. It's like, yeah, no, I, uh, he's a shithead, um, but so are you. And then he, he teaches Malone a lesson. You want to tell him what that lesson is, Leon? Yeah. Uh, first, I believe there's even anti-aircraft guns as well, but it's weird. oh yeah, I think they um, bring the anti-aircraft guns, which uh, you know abolish slash defund police, please. Thank you. Yeah. Um, that's very topical. Um, yeah. Oh, Christ, don't get even get me started about Atlantic Cop City, but anyway. So um, <laughs> yeah. Well, so and then their disposition to like, oh well, we have these things, we want to use it, which yeah. is the simplistic rationale that those type of people operate on Mm -hmm. we have to swat gear let's use it and because we want to use our toys because that's and the 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 establishment has to allow that because once again it's like the price they need to pay for the loyalty of cops and all that jazz you know yeah um cops cop unions are uh very effective and we can we don't we can't get into it but the history of american cop unions are very interesting and the tactics that they uh, utilize are even taking effect in my country with the uh, with our cops like you know uh, using some of those tactics those political tactics to like get tasers and get more funding and so forth and so on and that's very interesting that we will get into another episode with some other people maybe <laughs> but uh, yeah so, so, sorry um, so Tom then during one of those gatherings uh, is the one that takes power somehow yeah and not somehow, but, you know, once again, uh, Suidan uh, doesn't have the vision for it. He can't engage with the unknown in a meaningful way. No. Which I then think that Suidam is a sort of metacontextual Lovecraft. Yeah. 
he once again Lovecraft uh, talks about this like the unknown and this is so captivating and the eldritch horrors and so forth and so on but then also um, like uses smaller uh, unknowns like you know minorities and then just simply equates them in in mm-hmm. like you know like oh they're all linked and for each other which is such a stupid thing to do <laughs> and yeah well and it is then uh, why I say this it's because a very s- small line I will get to Malone in a second. I'm so sorry, but I think it's uh, it's a very important line that um, Tom says. Well, Suidam asks for power, and the Sleeping King doesn't really care for such little little <laughs> uh, requests. He has a grand vision, and I understand that. And Suidam didn't have the passion to seize it. I do, however, and I think that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, indeed, because. He remembers Malone from like not caring about his dead father, and takes away his eyelids, <laughs> I believe. Yeah, with his eraser, the eraser that his dad gave him because his dad didn't give him a gun, but he does uh, see the need and talks to Tommy about uh, about his own history and that he has to harm uh, arm himself to prevent harm to his body. Yeah, and his being, and then in very symbolic, uh, some kind of retribution. Uh, deserve retribution, I would say. Even though I think he got off lightly, even oh, though that's yeah. horrifying. But yeah, so because he, Malone looked away, he takes his eyelids, which then obviously is meant to tell us that he can't again no longer look away. Even though it is very real and abstract and physical, not looking away, and you know it's a different kind of looking away. But still, it's it's you know it's it's good. It's something. Uh, he's no longer a cop as well, so uh, I believe so. Uh, uh, Malone gets let go, I believe, at the end. Yeah, he gets like kind of nobody... retired to a place in the country and whatever, but uh, yeah. he can't get Goes away to a from farm that. Up north. <laughs> he can't get away from what happened. Oh no! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and yeah, that's uh, and then we we are then um, one more thing like um, Suidam is then used uh, by Tom as like oh it's Suidam doing all these things and because. Everyone believes it because a black man is not smart enough to like be a leader. They are just it's just not in them. They are like the literal line is like um, they are simple creatures. That's their blessing and their curse. Yeah, something along those lines. That's their virtue and their weakness. Uh, so, something like that. And so he utilizes his institutional oppression against his oppressors. And I think that's that's very satisfying. I think that's very clever. Oh yeah. Uh, then we are left with the question that, sadly, even though so deserved and uh once again i don't blame tom for like, not in a position as a non-black person to yeah, give especially. any kind of uh yeah precisely um it's just once again uh, as someone who some group of people that have been oppressed the it is it is an interesting question then that the book kind of leaves off on but i suppose we are left we're supposed to be left thinking about are these prices worth it? Because we don't know if Tom... Tom seems fine, which I'm happy. Yeah. But we don't know if he is. Yeah, no, I... I, uh, I he's laughing at the end, so that's that's good. I'm just, <laughs> just going to think he's fine. That's just, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I, I think, like... And I, I think what is uh, really incredible and really well done is that, like, we're not sure... Um, as much as it might have been, oh, he became sort of entwined with these powers and whatnot and with Cthulhu, and that's what drove him to this. Like, 
that is not the story doesn't point to that direction it feels very much like that that hatred of that violence and everything he suffered is what pushed him to this revenge of sorts more than just the eldritch connection I mean, it's worth noting, like, how he feels and what he does before, you know, like, literally plunging into the void um, and surviving and becoming Black Tom, um, which um, I will quote, what was cosmic indifference compared to malice? Um, the malice, you yeah. know, hatred, uh, racism, xenophobia, yeah. all that. Um, and in that, and it's it's the ending that, like, it, in a sense, like, there's an understanding that that violence, all that, it it wasn't good. It may have been important, it may have been necessary, and it may even have been worth it, but it's not good. There was something about that which changed Tom and and made him, or he was acting as someone else, or as something else, Mm -hmm. and that is not entirely great. There's something that has has a loss regardless, even if he's okay and he understands that and his choices and all, but that that isn't... Uh, that kind of vengeance uh, has costs, I think, and I think the book understands that in a fairly nuanced way. Yeah, I think... Um, maybe, I'm not quite sure, because I don't disagree with you. At the same time, another uh, thing that's also going on is that I would argue that oh, um, Tom has already changed after the death of Otis. His father. Oh, yeah, exactly. Exactly, that's and the point. And this is just... Yeah, well, yeah, I think this is then... Um, the person that he ends up becoming was already not great. And so he might as well be the non-great version that um, hurts... Uh, <laughs> that gets to hurt the people that have hurt him and are hurting his, his people. Yeah. And I think this is then a very clever... Uh, rhetorical argument for we should never look at like ex- like you know um people why people love discussing if like certain like oh i like i like uh martin luther king even though they don't know martin luther king's actual work no. or works but I, um yeah god forbid right um god forbid you know what the fuck you're talking about um but i hate uh malcolm x or whatever and he then like to pick a very famous example there's so many different examples of mm-hmm. this like, oh, Malcolm X goes too far, Mal- uh, be more like MLK. And um, <laughs> MLK, ironically, later on, kind of agreeing with, with Malcolm, but that's yeah. right there. Um, <laughs> or at least calling himself naive, even, uh, in those days. But um, MLK, that is. And he then, like, you know, illustrates the irrelevance of such discussions. Because it it's very clearly shows that the instigator of such of this process is white people and white oppression yeah and uh, oppression by white people not the oppressive oppression of of white people but oppression the oppression that is distributed by white people to minorities and yeah i think that's very very clever very very nice oh yeah no uh, I, I i agree with that wholeheartedly i once again i'm not against having discussions about personal accountability mm-hmm. but once again like we said earlier uh, I believe in the social perspective first, and then we can talk about the individual yeah. realities of certain things. There are never irrelevant, but I would say, in his, especially from a historical perspective, less uh, <laughs> of, a, of a lesser skill, uh, yeah. lesser influence than the social perspective. Mm-hmm. 
you know what what I'd add to that is as a, a point on, on that uh that thing is um I think I, I, I think of it as like kind of on par, although in a different sense, with um word for word is forest. That like sometimes the these violences, these actions, they are necessary, they are fundamental. You can't not do them, but they yeah. they still have costs, they still have consequences to to the people involved doing them. Um and um, it's very different in this case, and uh, w- with the certain nuance that, like, maybe Tom didn't have to get go through all this uh, or get to where he did. But uh, regardless of that, because uh, that's kind of the reflection he makes in in the final chapter. But the the sense is that, like, it, it's not that this isn't justified; far from it. But uh, uh, violence has its own consequences, I think. And uh, certain positions and some ways of acting have have consequences of their own, and I think that is uh, something. Uh, well, it's a way to not glorify these kinds of things, and I think this book is careful about it, and I I, I really like that. Definitely. So, is there anything else or? Uh, no, I, I think we 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 did a pretty good uh, both recollection yeah. and talking about you know the story and the, these points and. Yeah, I, I, I feel like if, if there's a place that I want to leave off with, the, the kind of the punch that the book gives us through it is the, the well, two two quotes uh, before to, to kind of leave us off and, and give a, an interesting tone um, on um, the racism and all that. Uh, first is, is Malone when, uh, after, you know, he's had his eyelids cut off, uh, some cops show up and, uh, you know, Malone is kind of, raging uh filled with the lust for blood and for spilling tom's blood and he's like yelling at the cops to shoot him and they shoot at him um uh where is it uh, <laughs> uh those six men fired 57 rounds at black tom um black tom lives of course and everyone else dies except for Malone. yay <laughs> um <laughs> yeah so i think that that is um notable and distinctive of uh yeah, this is this is what's significant here, and uh, is that like oh, beneath you know this sort of pathetic or feeble facade, uh, this turning away, there is this hatred that it, that is just very thinly below the surface, and it needs in this case a more serious prodding, but just the slightest prodding to like turn rabid towards racist violence, um, and finally. Uh, is uh, Tom in- Tom himself because uh, he he whispers something to uh, to Malone, which uh, Malone ca- kind of registers only later, um, <laughs> but it is uh, distinctively, almost uh, sadistically, deservingly so, as uh, Black Tom says, "I'll take Cthulhu over you devils any day." Um, <laughs> right? Yeah, because he whispers it menacingly, and it's very much is that like yeah. You know, cosmic indifference, it's pretty terrible, but hatred, this malice, as Tom puts it, is... <sighs> yeah. Simply put, yeah. Any Anything else, Leon? No. No, I already talked more than enough this episode. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, you didn't. It's fine. It's balanced. Uh, as okay. it should be. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> as all things should be. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think uh, I... Is in good tone uh, to recommend something else, which is Cosmic Horror, which is very good, and uh, might as well do a plug, because why not? 
can't recommend it enough. We've we've had I've had her on the show as well before. Uh, where you can find that episode with uh, CM Rosens. Uh, she's a great friend and writer, and she has recently published a third book in the Pagamon Sea trilogy. Uh, well, it's not a th- trilogy. It, I think it'll be more, but it's currently free. Um, which is The Crows, 13th, and The Day We Ate Grandad. And it's some great cosmic horror, some <laughs> English uh, countryside horror, and, uh, you know, even queerness. Lots of queerness. It's great. Um, it's, it's a lovely series of books. I, I can't recommend them enough. And, you know, it's it's, it's a good recommendation, I think, uh, on uh, adding some interesting stuff about how there's some good cosmic horror today and even more than just her. But, uh, you know, gotta recommend recommend good people and yeah uh if hopefully you, you've enjoyed thank you so, for listening do check out our patreon if you can uh where you get early episodes and bonus writing content which we're getting on uh <laughs> and yeah thank you for listening thank you for being here and we'll we'll see you very soon yeah see you guys soon